In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, following the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from the Great White North and his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard. And welcome once again to another episode of Strange Planet. Thanks for sticking me in your ear. Over the next 45 minutes, my guest is going to share his own personal contact experience, which prompted him to create a community of over 1 million people all over the world to come together for the People's Disclosure Movement. He'll also discuss how they're using CE5 to make contact. Costa Macreas is the founder of etletstalk.com, the ET Let's Talk community, the People's Disclosure Movement, the People's Love Alliance, and the Global CE5 Initiative. Costa is an international networker and creative artist working on behalf of harmonious relations between all life forms. He was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and earned a B.A. in computer science, which led to a successful four-decade software consulting career in the Silicon Valley. Costa, welcome to the program. How are you? I am fine, Richard. Thank you very much, and I uh, hope you're fine as well. I am. Thank you. Thank you for asking. So let's uh, dive right in. Tell me, what is this people's disclosure movement? It's huge. It is huge. Uh, even I was surprised when I started counting. And uh, by no means do I think I was as uh, as thorough as, as it deserves. But uh, a million people or more, uh, that's an exciting number. The good news about it is that it's really a people-powered movement, a grassroots movement of people like you and me and uh, your listeners and viewers who are making their own contact with uh, these uh, star civilizations that have been here for a long time, but in greater numbers are visiting the earth now. 
what launched the idea really was the fact that uh, many viewers out there and even now have been interested in the UFO UAP topic. I mean, it's a hot thing uh, pretty much all over the world. It, it has taken off happily in the last several decades, uh, the general interest in it. But there have been and still are a lot of people who are waiting for some government, um, a prime minister, a president, a premier, somewhere to make this official announcement that uh, we have disclosure, uh, telling the world that uh, we are being visited. You know, it's real. These different uh, star civilizations have been around, they are around, and that our governments are in contact with them. That announcement sometimes trickles out in different ways, as people in uh, the United States know. Uh, but so many people are still waiting for something big like that to happen. And if you're like me, I, I got frustrated and tired of doing that, uh, putting my time and energy into chasing down, you know, what's happening here, what's happening there. Is, is that announcement going to happen? And who's going to do it, you know? Uh, finally, just uh, realized that uh, by making our own contact in the People's Disclosure Movement, we take our power back from those authorities and put it back into ourselves and into our movement, into our networks, and we do the disclosure ourselves, kind of a roll your own, do it yourself, because it's not just against the fact that uh, others won't tell us the truth that we already know. I mean, they're here, they're clear, get used to it. So it's more about uh, us getting empowered and forming this movement so that we share our stories. Uh, we make all kinds of contact. And believe me, members in this movement have told me amazing stories and experiences uh, over the years. I can't even recount them. But the fact is that um, even before I discovered that this movement was afoot and that, you know, we were actively making it bigger, you know, millions of people all over the world have had contact with uh, UFO, UAP. But um, I don't know about other countries, but at least in the USA, where I grew up here in the Midwest and then in the 60s and 70s, you couldn't talk about it. I knew lots of people who had their own experiences. Maybe you, Richard, were, have been one of them, and a lot of people listening to this um, as well have had their own experiences, but you couldn't talk about it a few decades ago because you would be called out you know, as a liar, as crazy, uh, have your marriage break up, lose your job, get institutionalized. That has happened to lots of people that I know along the way. But times have changed now, uh, and it, there's a lot more openness uh, about this topic, a lot of people have come out of the um, ET closet and are telling their stories and experiences. And that's what the People's Disclosure Movement is about. We are in every country of the world. We are on social media, connecting with each other, sharing stories, empowering each other, and basically doing our own disclosure. It's, it's us telling each other the story that it's already happening. You know, we don't need some formal announcement to tell us what we already know. Again, they're here, they're clear, get used to it, and let's take the next step of using human-initiated contact to form relationships with them. So the, the movement's not only about discovering the fact and telling everyone around us that uh, this phenomenon is real, we are being visited, but the next step is, and that's the step that we're taking in this movement, is to form relationships.
uh, the contacts, and many of us have contacts of different kinds with these civilizations, my contacts have told me that they are not to be looked upon as gods, but that we should consider them as family, as elder brothers, sisters, and cousins. So what I like to, to promote within this movement is the fact, again, of relationship. Uh, once you believe and you know, and let me just put it this way, we become knowers having transformed from being believers in this movement. And there's nothing like having your own contact that changes your life and that nobody can talk you out of. So that's, that's being a knower, not just a believer. Once you're that knower, you realize these civilizations are sentient beings, many different kinds of craft from many different places, but those of them are willing to reach out to us and are asking us actually to connect with them in many different ways. And that has been happening in this movement. So that's what it's about. And the, uh, the, the, the goal of this is full open contact someday. Uh, the, I, do, I personally believe the situation is not yet right on earth for them to make a mass uh, appearance, but that's on its way. And we have a lot of work to do on earth. And that's what the People's Love Alliance is about, which I can talk about more later. But it's the fact that we need to create a more stable earth environment where we're actually honoring and loving each other as a human family while we're reaching out to the stars for these other civilizations and inviting them to, to come to, earth, to an earth that will welcome them instead of shoot at them or be afraid of them um, or, or some other negative kind of reaction. The truth is they're, they're very loving and I'm not naive about this. There may have been some bad actors, but by and large, the mass preponderance of evidence that we've had over the, the decades that that they've been around and in the last 16 years that we've been making contact with them is that they want to make a connection. They are benevolent and they want to form a partnership and help us out with the problems that we have here on earth. And, you know, we've got a lot of them, but we also have a lot of help if we request it. So this is a partnership, humanity becoming cosmic humanity through the people's disclosure movement and us taking the reins ourselves and forming the future we want instead of waiting for someone else to, to announce it for us. How did it start for you personally? You had a four decade career in software consulting. Was there a, a oh, yeah. one specific event that led you to leave all of that world behind and embrace uh, this people's disclosure movement? Yeah, absolutely. And before I tell that story, I wanna say that most of the people out there who are interested in this topic and have had their experiences have had their own experience. So what I'm about to relate is by no means uh, just about me. Uh, my per particular experience might be specific to me, but in so many different ways, there are thousands of people that I've net networked with over the years who have their own, what I call uh, origin story. So my origin story is that um, in short, uh, I was a pretty normal kid. I grew up in the American Midwest, had an interest as a child in science fiction and astronomy and the NASA program of the day, you know, the, the Mercury, Gemini and Apollo uh, uh, programs, which um, ignited my imagination. But at some point, I think I was 10 or 11, I picked up a book and it was uh, written by one of the contactees of the late fifties with pictures of UFOs. And this just lit me up. 
And I knew right away because of my interest already in space and science fiction that this was a thing, that they really were here. I looked at the pictures of classic uh, saucer-shaped objects with domes, et cetera, et cetera. And this was at the time before Photoshop and computers. So even though there were people here and there that were faking things, by and large, I, I really know that there were genuine contactees. And at that time in the 60s, late 50s and 60s, some of them were writing these books and telling their story to the public and getting persecuted for it, by the way, in one way or another. But at the same time, they were lighting up kids like me. Fast forward to 2006, uh, during my career in the Silicon Valley, my day job was a software engineer and a, and a consultant. But I happened to find a group on the internet that announced something that was really revolutionary for me, which is you can initiate the contact with these beings. Uh, along the way, I had met many friends and relatives who had had passive contact. I mean, they had ships flying over their cars, the engines dying, classic kind of experiences. And these were people that I believed because they were, I was related to them or they were a friend, you know, until I saw the ability for me and others to do our own connection. I never thought that would be possible. So I spent a week in Mount Shasta, Northern California, uh, with a group of people sitting out under the stars in the, 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 uh, the footsteps there of the mountain and having experiences. And several things happened during that week. Uh, the major thing was one night after we had had a group uh, meditation and had contact seen lights in the sky, orbs in the trees, all kinds of phenomena that we were learning to recognize as not being, you know, terrestrial or human made. Uh, a group of, I think about 10 of us were sitting around talking in a clearing uh, surrounded by a forest, again, at the foot of the mountain. Someone tugged on my sleeve and pointed off to my right, not more than six, seven, eight feet away from me. And what I saw materializing out of thin air was a small sphere, uh, maybe about three feet, kind of doing a slow fade in. You know, I had to rub my eyes and go, you know, hey, is that the light of the setting moon or the leaves or whatever faking me out? But it wasn't. Everyone else saw this sphere materialize. It was opaque, couldn't look into it. And it floated above the ground for about half an hour. Uh, later, we came to realize that we believe this sphere, what we saw was really part of a larger craft that was not fully into our dimension, but just the part that we saw was. So for that half hour, we whispered among ourselves and looked at this thing, didn't make a noise. There was no temperature changes, no wind. Uh, but one of the people in the group suddenly announced to us that he had a telepathic message from the beings inside that craft who told him that they are scientists who have come to earth to study the human energy systems. And I thought to myself, when we heard, when I heard that, that makes sense to me. You know, we humans are explorers. Why aren't other civilizations? They've come this far for reasons. And if they're doing some kind of a study uh, of the native population, then I guess uh, we're, we're, we are those subjects. During that half hour, uh, after we got that message, there was a woman standing next to me who'd become a friend. It was a very good psychic. And she stood very stiff as a board like this with her arms out for the whole half hour, uh, not moving. And I knew something was going on, but I didn't want to disturb whatever it would be. But I stayed close enough in case she showed any signs of distress. 
And after half an hour, she kind of wavered and wobbled a little bit. And I steadied her by the shoulders and asked her, are you okay? And what happened? Uh, In essence, she told me, and she shared this with the group the following day when we all met. But in that moment, she said, what had happened is that one of the beings from this craft had approached her psychically, telepathically, and asked her if it could merge, if he, she, or it could merge with her and study her energy system. Now, a lot of people at that point would run away with their hair on fire, <laughs> head for their car, and you know, that would be end of the night, right? But this was an amazing woman. Uh, while she was there being quiet, not moving, this was all going on, right, uh, within her. And she negotiated with this being. I mean, imagine having your act that together that uh, not only do you not run away, but you're negotiating, like saying, okay, you can do that, but I have three conditions. So she said the first condition is that she remained conscious of her surroundings while the merge was occurring, and the being agreed to that. And the second condition was that the being should leave, you know, when she told it to leave, and got an agreement for that. And the third condition, and this is not to make light of it, but she just said, no messing with my sex organs, Mm. you know, my genitals and other parts of me down there are off limits. Uh, And the being agreed to that. I'm sure they understood that that stuff is a concern for humans. So that agreement allowed the being to, uh, to do whatever it was doing energetically. And at the time when she wobbled was the point at which she had told it telepathically, okay, I'm done, time to go. And the, the merge ended, the experiment ended. And then as she finished her story, I watched this, this little sphere. And I have to mention, it was maybe about, like I said, six, seven, eight feet for me. It just started dissolving into thin air, doing a slow fade like a movie, you know, and it was gone. That was the experience that said to me, Hey, Costa, you just had your own experience. This isn't secondhand from a trusted other source. This is what you saw. You saw it with other adults who were sober (laughs) and saw the same thing happening. And it was out of the box of what I had been taught about physics. You know, I'm a very left brain kind of guy. And I need proof and science and logic and stuff to, to guide me about all kinds of things. But what had just happened should not have happened. And yet it was as real as anything. And I thought to myself, man, if this, two things, if an ordinary guy like me can sit in a group, do some meditation, some visualization, and then this happens, then anybody can do this. I'm nobody special. Plus, if this can happen once and blow the physics that I know out of the water, then it's gonna. It, it can happen more than once. It's probably happening all the time. And the knowledge that we have of what's going on must be some kind of a subset of a larger transdimensional physics that we are still discovering or yet to discover. So I accepted that experience. And I knew then that I needed to organize people around the world because that's what I was doing in the 60s and the 70s. I was a, a young social political activist uh, in my youth. And now I had the internet you know, as a tool, which um, most of us could never have dreamed would be possible uh, back in the day. But having had that experience, I just thought people around the world need to get together, share our stories, teach each other, and come out of that closet and, and let us each other know that we're all not crazy. And that there are so many more of us than anybody realized who've had this, these experiences, and we need to become a force for good, 
to reveal this. And that's what disclosure is about. And that was the primary experience. There's one more that happened that week. If you'll allow me the time, I'll try to make it short. Um, I was had um, asked my wife to come with me during that week. And she's a very grounded, practical person and said, you know, go have fun with this new adventure of making this kind of contact. Uh, but I have a couple businesses to run. Um, I got bills to pay. I do believe that there's life out there. I believe they're here, but I don't see what it has to do with my daily life. So I support you and go have fun. And that's what I did. I talked to her every morning during that week while um, I was away. And I would describe to her the experiences we had the night before, what I was learning, what I was seeing, the new friends I was making. And one morning about, I think it was about the fourth morning, as I was starting to tell her what, what had happened last night to me, to us, my, the, the group there, she stopped me and said, wait a minute, before you start, I have a story to tell you. And I thought to myself, what could be more exciting than what I saw? <laughs> well, I was wrong. It was. Um, in our bedroom, as she was turning out the light and, and getting comfortable, slipping down into bed, fixing the pillow. Um, she has really good night vision. And I have to say, she's a, uh, an internal clairvoyant, a professional clairvoyant of many years. But what I'm about to describe that she saw was with her physical eyes, uh, with the lights out. At the foot of our bed there suddenly appeared four, maybe five translucent, three foot tall high beings large heads, almond-shaped eyes, a little bit of a mouth, but not really much more definitive in features than that. I mean, that was enough. They were bipedal. There was a neck, there were shoulders, and they were not visible from the waist down, which says to me they were physical enough that the edge of the bed was, was blocking the lower parts of their body. So we kind of assumed because they had two arms, a neck, shoulders, and a head, they also had two legs, bipedal. And they stared at her and she was shocked. And this is the woman who, though she was a NASA geek when she was a child, she was never into science fiction and fantasy and astronomy. So she just didn't have the imagination for that. But what was in front of her was something she never expected or wanted or hoped to see, unlike some of the rest of us, right? But there they were. And she said she was shocked, speechless, but she felt these waves of love coming off of them. And as she says, uh, when we do interviews and tell this story, she says, who could be afraid of that much love? It was just love. And in a very sing-song fashion, telepathically, they said to her, who are you? Um, to this day, we figure that they found me in Mount Shasta with the group up there doing our thing. And because I was that connected to her, they probably followed some kind of energetic, you know, uh, pathway and to see what what was at the other end and at the other end was my wife we're very close we share a lot so that's what they discovered and that's what they were asking well who are you and she thought she should ask them something and the only thing she could think of telepathically was um where are you from uh, to this day she says the better question would have been because she's also has an engineering degree and that part of her should have asked according to her How'd you get here? You know, give me the physics, give me the formulas, give me the science. But she didn't do that. Uh, she said, where are you from? And slowly again in her mind, in a sing-song fashion, the answer came as Arcturus. And 
then they were gone after that. They just dissolved. She went to sleep. Again, a lot of people would have been a mess after something like that, but uh, she's seen and heard a lot in her career as a psychic advisor, a clairvoyant with guides and interdimensional beings that this was just a new experience, <laughs> a dramatic one that she hadn't had. So it's like, okay, she'll tell her husband Costa in the morning when he calls. And that's what we did. So at that point, uh, my jaw hit, has hit the floor at this point, And I'm going, wow. And she asked me, Arcturus, is that a place? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a hyper red giant in the uh, constellation Butes. It's uh, uh, Astronomy 101, right? It, it is a place. Things have been written about it. People have been visited by other Arcturians. And it's a thing. So she goes, okay. By the way, it's personal now. So because she had that experience, she finally said to me, it's personal. Next year, can I come with you? <laughs> and that, yeah, that was very profound too. Um, and, and it was nice because each of us had our own dramatic experience. Costa, we'll take a, a quick time out. We'll come back and we'll, uh, we'll discuss what uh, CE5 is all about, the CE5 initiative and uh, what the protocols are for CE5. Back with more of our conversation right after these. It's time to redefine reality. reality. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Costa McCreas is the founder of ETLetstalk.com and the People's Disclosure Movement and the People's Love Alliance and the Global CE5 Initiative. Uh, so CE, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. We're all familiar, of course, with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, wonderful movie, Steven Spielberg and Richard Dreyfus, and uh, But CE5, what is a Close Encounter of a Fifth Kind? It's a human-initiated interactive encounter with star beings' intelligence. Uh, the key there is human-initiated. Uh, the Close Encounters 1 through 4 are varying degrees of passive experience where something happens to you and you can categorize it and you can look this up on Wikipedia, what, what, how one is different from two is different from three is different from four. But the five is where we take the initiative. We use consciousness, our imaginations. Um, I like to emphasize our hearts because this is really about creating a high vibration of love, goodwill, intention, and visualization and consciousness um, syncing up with whatever we perceive to be the higher elements of our own nature, as well as with a group that we might be with. So it can be a group meditation or people can do it anywhere that they're comfortable, their living room, out in nature, on a beach, in a forest, whatever, where they're safe and comfortable and be still. And again, use their imagination and visualization uh, with different steps to call out, to make themselves known, to, to send out their signature, their being to these civilizations who will detect it and respond in some way. So basically that's it. It's a, a process and, and trust me, when people come to etletstalk.com, I do have a seven step process, but everybody kind of rolls their own. They read it and they go, well, you know, I wanna add chanting to this, or I wanna add uh, some kind of toning to this or, or something else. I mean, people will customize. 
And I say that's all good as long as it's positive and gets the person or the group into kind of a higher, calmer, loving mood, then it's great because that's what it's about. It's raising your own frequency and vibration to be detectable and to meet these civilizations at a halfway point um, where they're, they're happy to do that. How do you prepare yourself before you initiate? Uh, when I'm with my group um, or even alone, I get in a comfortable place. Uh, I like quiet. Some people maybe like soft music, but I like darkness and quiet, close my eyes. And I've been a meditator all my life. So what I'm about to describe comes easily now, but I still my thoughts. I focus on love in my heart. And then I go through these seven steps that are outlined on my website uh, of, um, of linking up not only with uh, my higher self, you know, the, the highest being within me, but also with the network of the other people in the movement, because we have groups, you know, all over the world uh, of people doing what I'm doing in their own way to make connection with each other and to, to, to become an integra integrated point of contact themselves. So it's not just about me, but what I emphasize is the community. As soon as I get myself calm and ready, I think about everyone else out there and go, y'all come, you know, we're doing this together. We're creating a, a human group field of intention and welcome. And believe me, the feedback I've gotten from my star friends is that th this is amazing. And they are overjoyed that we have built a momentum after all these years of when the global CE5 initiative uh, was, was started and has been making these monthly contacts during the time of the new moon with our virtual teams every month since 2010, when that particular Global C5 initiative was founded. Um, I wanna tell a little bit of a backstory about why that initiative was founded because it's easy to go from, okay, I can learn to make contact and people do in many different ways by the thousands, but then what? Well, I talked about relationship before and the kind of the bigger picture, and I'm a bigger picture kind of guy. So once you learn the contact, then you might ask the question, well, to what end? Well, in 2010, when I had a connection with my star friends uh, telepathically, uh, I asked them, you know, what can I do to bring these cosmic intelligence and humanity more together? You know, I have a day job. I'd like to do something extra at night that uh, is of use to all of you. And their request was very simple. They, they said, you can uh, do three things, create as many contact teams as possible in as many places as possible, as quickly as possible. And I thought, okay, that's kind of an organic kind of movement growing and I can do that. I will start doing that. But I asked to what end? And they said, by doing that, by you initiating the contact with us, you give us permission to appear in more places, literally in more cities. They were clear about that, in more cities around the earth. You give us human permission to do that in more places so that even more humans will see us. And as more of them want to see more, that gives us further permission to appear in even more cities where even more humans will see us. They call this a virtuous circle. And that's how our movement uh, grows and has grown organically. And they actually told me that um, 
someday a tipping point would be reached when so many people had seen them around the planet and wanted more to cooperate and a fuller relationship. So many that a tipping point would be reached after which it would be impossible for any authority of any kind to cover up their presence anymore. And that tipping point, they told me recently, was reached in 2019. Our movement is so big and has so much momentum now, they gave me an image, which is a snowball rolling downhill that cannot be stopped. And for those of us who grew up in snow and maybe around hills, that's called an avalanche <laughs> um, of the good kind, if, if, if that's possible. But in this case, it is. They said, this movement cannot be stopped. Um, it is a supernova that has taken off, and someday it will reach a proportion so big that full open contact on the ground in a mass way will be possible. So that right there is the story of why we're doing this, how it started, and the success that we have had. Uh, my star friends literally said also that um, this movement has far exceeded every expectation they had of it when they asked it to be started in 2010. And now there are CE5 um, groups all over the planet, all over social media. Um, again, it's unstoppable and it's the people's disclosure movement that um, that's actually creating the future that we want. You know, we're becoming cosmic humanity. All right, we'll take another time out, uh, Costa. Stay with us back with more of our conversation and uh, we'll uh, continue to delve into CE5. Welcome back. Welcome back to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. And we are back with Costa Macreas, the founder of ETLetstalk.com, the ET Let's Talk community, the People's Disclosure Movement, the People's Love Alliance, and the Global CE5 Initiative. Uh, Dr. Stephen Greer, I think he made a he made a film about CE the CE5 uh, movement. Did he not? Are you working with Dr. Stephen Greer at all? Um, no, I'm not not associated in any way with him. Um, however, I was a volunteer with him many many years ago for six years, and did work closely. Uh, with him. And uh, uh, I formed etletstalk.com when I left CSETI, I think it was around 2012. So I, um, I am in favor of anybody promoting what was called, called CE5, and people have other words for it as well, like HISE, Heist Human Initiated Close Encounters, I believe. Uh, but again, anybody who's making this contact and promoting it and teaching other people. And there are many of us doing it, many networks now that have formed where we're teaching each other and spreading it. it it's great. Um, and that's the way it should be. I like to say that the center of our people's disclosure movement is everywhere. And it's, it's a network. So that way there's power to it because you can't remove one node of a network and think that you've silenced it all because it's like the internet. You remove one node and the network rewires itself because it has a lots of thousands, millions of nodes there. So it's a really powerful thing. And, and that's why I invite people to come to etletstalk.com. It's a free membership and we'll teach you how to, uh, to make your contact and put you in contact with humans as well, that movement <laughs> to, uh, to share your stories and to, and to feel like you have to know you have a community 
instead of feeling like you're alone because feeling alone and powerless, isolated is a way that um, fear enters and that you can be controlled and manipulated. So our movement is empowering in that way. Have you had um, a, an experience similar to what your wife had when she saw these entities around her bed? Uh, or are, you, is your, are your experiences more of the telepathic nature? Mine are telepathic, um, but I have been told by my star friends, we will, we will meet at some unspecified date. And again, I'm not alone in this. I get these kinds of messages from a lot of people in my community. I hear all kinds of, of stories. So I don't consider myself special in that way. I mean, it's, it's like meeting family from an, a, a, another part of the world that you never knew you had, right? Eventually you will meet, but at, at the start, you use whatever means are available, you know, telepathy, uh, uh, the internet now to find each other, et cetera. But our, uh, our goal is to all of us have full open contact someday where physically we, we can work together on earth. So as for me, I look forward uh, to my own experience like that. And yet I know other people like my wife and others that I trust who've had the full-on physical experience. I have some friends who say, you know, I really just want to sit down and have a coffee with them. I go, well, assuming they drink coffee or maybe uh, uh, Romulan ale, I don't know what, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, that will eventually happen for all of us. Um, until then, they have so many creative ways to contact us. This um, CE5, it's not just about the, the lights in the sky, which I personally still love after all these years, but... The communication can come, again, by telepathy, uh, a touch on the shoulder, on the knee. There's weird electrical phenomena that happens around you sometimes. Um, a smartphone that's been powered off will turn itself on and play some cosmic music in your presence. And, and it just goes on and on and on. Uh, but I have to say that achieving some skill with telepathy is something we should all try to do because that is the clearest way. When they drop thoughts in, our brain will interpret them and turn them into words and images that we can understand. And that's the clearest kind of communication. That one question that your wife regretted not asking, has she or have you asked that question? No. How did you get here? No, we haven't. Um, I've been so engrossed with the fact that they are here and have seen their ships so many times in the sky now that I just take it as an article of faith. They've figured out whatever physics and stargates and portals that they need. But you know what? Now that you bring it up, in my next encounter with them, uh, I will ask that. Uh, and I know I'll get an answer. And maybe on a future program, I can share with you what they've, what they've said. Did they have questions for you? That's a good. No. <laughs> you know why? I think it's been my experience. They're already reading my mind uh, because they've proven over and over in our conversations by referring to something that I've been thinking about that I haven't told anybody else. They've already been in here and start telling me what I've been thinking. And I go, oh, my God. OK, you already know about this. So that's my answer. It's like they don't have questions because I think they already can get the answers. 
internally from my own being. And again, that's with my permission. I'm not just opening myself up to anything. Uh, I try to maintain a high vibration, uh, work out of my heart, and that brings a protection of other high vibration that will be attracted. So those who are able to read my mind, that the star beings are welcome to do that. And then we just proceed with the conversation because they also reveal to me things I hadn't even known. They will say something that upon reflection, I realize is an insight. It's like, oh my God, I didn't realize that either about myself or about something that happened. And I connect the dots and put it together. So it, it's really a nice interchange when that happens. Um, are they, uh, they communicated to your wife that they were from a, sp a specific, you know, galaxy. Um, are they generally from that throughout your experience? Are they, f are they all from the same area or are we talking about different ET uh, races or civilizations here? We are talking about many different ones. Uh, and I don't have them all enumerated, but people like Clifford Stone uh, and the late Paul Hellyer were very conversant with the, the many different races that, that are here from different places. Um, the ones that I know about that I've had interactions with are from Sirius, uh, from the Pleiades, um, again, the Arcturians that visited us. And yet I know other people in the community who will throw out the names of other groups I've never heard of. Let's face it, just in the Milky Way galaxy alone, astronomers are discovering every day more planets that just our galaxy alone has. Uh, who are we to limit the universe, the cosmos, in saying, no, 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 25 groups is enough, you know, or, or 500 is enough. I, I believe life is everywhere, interdimensional, in forms we some some we cannot even imagine, and in some in very familiar forms. So my answer to you is they're from a lot of places, and so much of that doesn't matter to me because their intentions and how they want to work with us is what really matters. They, the civilizations we've contacted, love us. And I know that's kind of a naive, cliche kind of thing to say, but they are really here out of concern for what's going on on the earth and how we are on the edge of just taking ourselves out or on the edge of breaking through. And that's what the People's Love Alliance that I talk about is about. It's our ability to break through where there are more humans on earth than the mass media shows us who really do want a better world and who are ready to start practicing loving their neighbor and themselves. Uh, more of those than we realize by the hundreds of millions. And that's what the People's Love Alliance is about so that we find out that we're not alone here on earth when we think it's only us and 10 of our friends that really care about making this planet a better place, solving some of our problems. If that's not true, there's hundreds of millions of us who care about this. And um, I, I have identified places on the web where you can go to find what I call good news, to see the evidence in this People's Love Alliance of groups of people and individuals making marvelous inventions, cooperating to solve problems with each other. It's going, it's going on all the time. And again, the mass media does not reflect it to us because you know, fear, sex, and violence and all that seems to be what they lead with. And I'm not 100%, but too much. And what the world, I believe, needs is love, sweet love, like the song said. And it, again, it's not naive because 
if we don't harness the power of love right now, we won't make it. Uh, it is that critical for us to learn to get along and solve, solve our problems. And what I tell people is the good news is the People's Love Alliance, which is working to solve problems, is working with the People's Disclosure Movement. These cosmic beings, I believe, have surmounted the worst of themselves, survived, and come out into the stars. And they tell us that that is our destiny. If we make our breakthrough and create the future, the golden age is what I call it, which is a process, but we're capable of doing that. And they are here to help from all the different places in different ways, as long as we request it. They still won't violate that free will. They want us in our CE5 contacts to request help. Hey, if you're worried about the climate or something or have a specific problem, they ask that we connect with them and, and ask if there, there's any way that they can assist. You know, they're, they're willing to interact with us on that level. As long as it's of a high nature, um, I, I doubt if they would respond to someone wanting to get their neighbor beat up because they, right. they um, you know, are behaving badly or curse them out or something like that. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of work to do, but we're not alone. So I'm a cautious, realistic optimist. So how do people join the, the People's Disclosure Movement and, and how do they find an e, an, uh, a CE5 group near them? Oh, excellent question. If, if they come to etletstalk.com, uh, the membership is free. You can just sign up there. And what they'll get is uh, information on the CE5 and links to groups, to, to websites where they can see a map of uh, the whole earth, actually, and find people near them or even far away. Uh, this is a small world. I tell people, if you don't see someone next door to you on the map, that uh, you can you know, visit, get together with, uh, find someone else further down and get to know them. They may know someone who lives next door to you and that has happened. So if you do a little bit of that networking and reach out and, and meet each other, then I think everybody benefits. Uh, it's a win-win. Uh, so there are, there are websites. Uh, my friend Hunter Bobeck has one of them called ce5groupfinder.com. And you can actually list yourself there as being available to be contacted, as well as look all around and see if there are people near you. And uh, how do you? How can you learn um, the the uh, the CE five protocols? And how do you learn to make ET contact? Are there online courses? Um, on our website, there's a simple seven step procedure, uh, which just asks that you as I was mentioning before, you know, get still in a comfortable place and follow these steps, which are just simple visualizations, reaching out with your heart, with your mind, with your imagination, creating pictures, linking with the network. Um, and you'll get that information when you sign up with us. There's also a wonderful manual that's um, even more comprehensive than those seven steps, which talks about CE5 and all its aspects that my friend Celia Hatch, uh, shout out to Celia and her team, has put together, which you can find at um, the website ace5handbook.com. And it's a free download. It's an actual book. Uh, it's also on Amazon, but you can download it for free and get more detail than, than you can imagine about CE5 and all its different aspects. So that's how people can learn uh, by, by reading these, these materials and just by trying it. 
there's no um, there's no failure if you try it and you don't get a reaction well you know try it again there's there isn't someone standing over you counting successes versus you know wins and losses and all that um what i tell people is just be aware the response can become in a creative way that you never thought possible how long did it take you before you were making consistent contact an hour <laughs> it happened the first time i did it with a group and after that it was just it was just happening in one way or another and that's not to say that every time i sit down i get a contact you know if i'm out with a group there are nights that are slow where we don't see anything or but those nights when we don't see anything in the sky often people will report i felt a presence near me or someone will say psychically like this happened to us the other night my wife saw two beings of light seven foot tall in our living room as part of our group joining us um so that again that contact can come in many different ways and don't despair again if you don't see them in the sky there are maybe other ways that contact is being made if you keep an open mind and keep your eyes and ears open um and have you spent any, uh, time at the east city ranch in trout lake washington we were there i think in 2015 my wife hollis and i and we gave a, a presentation there um we also held one night of contact uh, for the entire group out there and uh, it was a pretty active night uh, there were ships in the sky i mean that place isn't an attractive place anyway as you know uh for, for craft and for experiences of extra dimensional kind etc so we were walking into really friendly fertile territory but the night that we uh, did our our, our meditation and presentation might have been a group of, I don't know, 70 or 100 people uh, outside there. Uh, uh, we still had the, the, uh, uh, a really full night uh, of contact in the skies. Um, so you uh, mentioned something about a new moon. Is that so, uh, when, you, when you get together in these groups and, and try and make contact, is that significant, the new moon? Only in the sense that it gives you a dark sky. Um, you can, you don't have to be at the time of a new moon, but as you know, if you know, if you've been out at all and looked at the sky, when there's a full moon, there's a lot of light. The, the light of the moon will wash out the detail of what you want to see. So the monthly meetings that uh, the Global CE5 initiative has been having, uh, now we're in our 13th year of doing these. I always choose a date and I publish it to the community of which Saturday of every month is the one closest to a new moon. And that's just so that you can, people can have an, an enhanced experience, an easier experience. It's especially good for people who are newbies, which we honor a lot. We really love people coming and learning. When you have that dark night, they're more likely and more easily able to see uh, phenomenon up there than if the moon has washed it out. Tell me a little bit more about the People's Love Alliance. It's an amazing thing that um, is the largest alliance you've never heard of. Because I mentioned before that the mass media won't reflect it to you. But if you know where to look on the web, you realize there are millions of human beings whose hearts have opened enough who are becoming active in the world to to create a better world out of the seeming chaos that we see around us. 
And I know well, uh, as many of you do out there, that if you watch just the evening news or the morning news from the, the usual mass sources, you're going to get a diet of of usually bad news because they there's there's enough wars and enough bad acting by human behavior that you could have a 24-hour channel for this. However, there's the other part of that, the love alliance that we need to become our own media and tell each other about. Um, there's a group called avaz.org, A-V-A-A-Z.org, 70 million human members in every country of the world, not sponsored by corporate money, only by grassroots donations, and people in each of these countries coming together to help each other with different campaigns. You know, if they need water in the village, people come together. If they need um, somebody to be shamed, like a politician who's doing something really bad to a group of people, they'll put up billboards and people will send in money. There are campaigns that Vaz.org organizes, all people powered and all chosen by the people. So this is a very democratic movement, and it's only one of many. Um, there are the cultural creatives, uh, 150 million people who have values of sustainability, of tolerance, of spirituality versus religion, of um, environmental, I may have mentioned, says sustainability, of desiring peace and right human relations, you know, really heart-centered values. Uh, these people are present like I said, 150 million at the last count that I was able to, to, to make. And, and they're active too. There are many more groups like this uh, um, in the tens and tens of millions. And when you put them all together, you realize that there's a sizable part of humanity that really is sane, whose heart is open. And by the way, my star friends to that point did say that in um, 2019, 1 billion human beings they call it the great emergence of the heart. One billion human beings have opened their heart enough that they desire a better world. And our star friends can work with that. These are the people they can contact and they can mentor um, in many ways. So there's another number there. One billion out of almost eight billion on earth. That's a huge number. And we just don't know about each other because, again, the media doesn't reflect that to us, but I'm here to say to people, take heart, reach out. Uh, if you come to etletstalk.com as a member, I publicize the Love Alliance, and I show you places where you can go on the web to find these different groups who have life-affirming, human-loving values and who are doing something about it wherever they're located to help each other and to create the future that we want. Costa Macreas, founder of ETLetstalk.com, the ET Let's Talk community, the People's Disclosure Movement, the People's Love Alliance, and the Global CE5 Initiative. Costa, great pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for this. Thank you very much, Richard. It's been a pleasure. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe at strangeplanetpodcast.com. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.